Hello and welcome back to Basic Bible 102. Today we are covering the third lesson and remember you can go online to basicbible102.com and copy the or download the first four lessons. So hopefully you have had a chance to do so and have worked on your homework for lesson three. Now last few lessons were introductory lessons and we talked about the purpose of Basic Bible 102, then we talked about uh, what was uh, what we're going to cover in this class, primarily Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which is the life of Christ. And we talked a little bit about the authors of the four books we're going to be studying. Now we're going to overlap the um, stories because they appear sometimes in two of the Gospels, sometimes in all four. But I want to back up just a little bit and talk about the birth of Christ because that's really what happens at the very beginning of the New Testament. Now in Matthew it starts off with the genealogy and we talked about the difference in the genealogy from Matthew to the one in Luke. But we didn't really talk very much about what actually happened. Now, if you took Basic Bible 101, you know that the, the Christmas story, basically that Jesus was born of a virgin, of Mary. Mary did not um, know she, an angel just appeared to her, and that's how she found out she was pregnant. And when she told her fiancé, who was Joseph, he was just heartbroken by it. But fortunately, an angel appeared to him too and told him, don't worry about it. She hasn't been unfaithful. It's just the Spirit of God that has uh, come upon her and she will give birth to um, basically a holy child, um, the Son of God. So Joseph went ahead and took Mary as his wife and they did not have sex until the baby was born. Now, shortly before the baby was born, King Herod had decided that everyone had to go back to their place of birth and be counted for a census and, and pay their taxes. So Joseph ended up having to go back to Bethlehem. And in the process, when he took Mary with him, that was the, the time that it was time for her to give birth. So one of the prophecies that said, he will be born in Bethlehem, uh, that this happened to fulfill that prophecy. And the night that Jesus was born, they could find no place to put the baby. They, they had no home to, uh, apparently no relatives there anymore. So they couldn't find an empty hotel room. So they ended up in a barn. And that is why we hear about Jesus being laid in the manger. And you see the manger scenes with the barn and the animals, etc. Okay, well that night, once Jesus was born, angels appeared to shepherds out in their field telling them, hey, there's, there's a new Messiah who's been born. And so the shepherds went into town and found baby Jesus lying in the manger, as we hear. And I'm sure you've heard in a hundred different Christmas songs. And then uh, they, they celebrate this new king. And basically the shepherds proclaim, this is the Son of God. Um, everyone that hears it is amazed by what these shepherds are telling them, but Mary is not surprised because she has known all along that this child was the Son of God. All right, then after this, they head back home and present Jesus in the temple because he's just a baby and in about eight days or whatever the Jewish custom was, he would be presented in the temple for circumcision and for dedication to the Lord. And while they're there, two people recognize Jesus. Now, 
How can they recognize him? He's just a baby. We don't know. But one of them is Simeon. And Simeon, uh, he blesses Mary and she, he says to her, this child is destined to be, uh, destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that she thought so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. So Mary is warned that that she doesn't have a good time coming ahead that it's going to be hard having Jesus for her son and as we know Mary at his crucifixion and death her heart is broken then we have another woman who happens to be in the temple, uh, an elderly widow who comes up to Mary and really starts saying that this child is going to be the one that was spoken about that they've been looking forward to, the Messiah. And so how did these two people know that Jesus was going to be such a special individual? And that all comes back down to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God prompted Simeon and prompted Anna to speak up about this child. Now, during this time, we also have John the Baptist, who has been born and is being raised. And as he gets older, the Spirit of God prompts John the Baptist to go out into the wilderness and begin preaching prepare the way the Son of God is coming, the Messiah, the one we've been waiting for is coming. Because remember, they had been told in plenty of prophecies in the Old Testament that there would be a Messiah. And so now they're they're in the worst state possible. They've been under the control of uh, Rome and just pretty much oppressed. And so they were waiting for their Messiah. So when John the Baptist starts to preach, people come out to hear him, and they're so hopeful. And the things that John the Baptist says, um, that the the avoid this, he's the voice of the one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. This is all part of the prophecies that are were spoken in the preparation for the Messiah. So John the Baptist is. Yes, he's Jesus' cousin, but he's also a very special prophet who is preparing everyone's hearts. And so the people that come out to see him are Pharisees, Sadducees, simple people, just anybody who happens to be interested in spiritual things. And because they listen to John the Baptist, then their hearts are kind of like, oh, I want to know this God, this Jesus Uh, They don't call him Jesus. They don't know his name yet. (laughs) They call him the Messiah that is coming. And so John baptizes them. And so that is why we refer to him as John the Baptist. This is all in Luke 3. The book of Mark starts right out with John the Baptist. In fact, that's the very first thing we hear about is that John the Baptist was preaching, prepare the way for the Lord. And then um, he eventually baptizes Jesus. And then the Spirit of God Uh, comes upon Jesus in the form of a dove and then Jesus uh, goes out to the wilderness on his own to be tempted. Now of course at this time Jesus is like 30 years old so we don't know what happened to those in between years between he was a child presented in the temple and between when he was announced by by basically John the Baptist here he is he's the guy now, not everybody believed John the Baptist because they knew Jesus. He's, he was a pretty 
uh, common kid around there, a young man. And so it was hard for them to think, well, that's the Messiah. So Jesus goes off into the wilderness, and while he's there, for 40 days he does not eat anything. And the Spirit um, of God gives him strength to resist temptation, because at this time, Satan shows up and starts tempting him. Now, you may already be familiar with a lot of this from Basic Bible 101, and I hope you are. But if you were working on the homework questions, it will ask you things like, who did John the Baptist uh, say Jesus was? What is the outward evidence that the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus? After Jesus is baptized, where does he go and what happens? All these things you would find out from reading the first chapter of Mark, the first or third and fourth chapter of Matthew, uh, the second through the fourth chapter of Luke, and the very first part of John. Now, the interesting thing about the book of John, he doesn't really cover a lot of detail about Jesus' birth at all. What he begins with, uh, in fact, let me read you this first little bit in the book of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. So we see that John's book is very different than the historical accounts that you're seeing in Matthew and Luke. He is instead jumping right into who was Jesus really? Well, let me tell you, he's the light. He's the word of God. So when you someone encourages you to read the book of John right away, while it's wonderful and it's truth, it's hard to make sense of that unless you understand the other Matthew, Mark, and Luke who are talking about where did Jesus come from and how did he appear on the scene and who is this John the Baptist. So that's why it's so important to take all of the Gospels somehow in at the same time to meld them together and understand the complete story. Otherwise, it leaves gaps. And that has always been my goal with basic Bible classes, is that we can eliminate some of the misunderstanding and the gaps. Okay, now that we have looked a little bit about the birth of Christ and who John the Baptist was, let's get to the meat of today's lesson, which is the Spirit of God. It is important, and I truly believe that you will have a much easier time understanding spiritual truth if you understand that some of this is not just study this and take a test. It is meditate on it and understand what was God really doing. And in this case, he is sharing with the world the Spirit of God. Now, we have seen the Spirit of God in the Old Testament. We saw it when uh, back in 1 Samuel 10, 1 through 7, the passage there talks about how Saul is filled with the Spirit. He, he's going to become the new king, and he is filled and is able to prophesy and preach, and he just knows that God is with him. So the Spirit of God is not totally um, unheard of in the Old Testament, but it's very selective in where it appears. It appears in uh, at one point with Abraham, back in the very beginning, when Abraham senses the Spirit of God comes and makes a covenant with him, 
he senses it when it's time for him to uh, give up his his son Isaac. We see the spirit of God that rests on the different kings as they're anointed and the different judges, uh, Samuel being one of the key judges that from the beginning just sensed God speaking to him. And so all of that you would cover back in the Old Testament in Basic Bible 101. So at this point, we're just going to cover with how is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, revealing itself in the New Testament. And now it is coming in a much broader way. It is coming through Anna, through Simeon, through um, the the angels that spoke to Mary and uh, Elizabeth and Joseph, uh, through the appearance of the angels to the um, shepherds. We see the Spirit of God coming much more heavily and in much more broadly. And because of that, the Spirit of God begins to reveal to people, wait a minute, this is a special person, this Jesus. And that is necessary for you personally to be able to understand who Jesus is, is to have the Holy Spirit uh, present that to you. And you may be saying, well, how do I, what do I, where's the Spirit? I mean, do I drink something? Is it, is there some special ritual? And my suggestion to you is spend some time reading part of the first part of John, which talks about the Spirit of God, and then ask God, just pray, and say, God, help me to understand this. You can reveal truth to me through your Spirit, and I'm asking you to do that. So even though not everyone has the Spirit of God, because a lot of people resist it, they don't want the Spirit of God, they don't want anything to do with God, And it is by invitation, but it's also by prompting. So if the Holy Spirit, if God prompts you to want to know his word, want to know more about Jesus, that's a pretty good sign that it's time for you to ask God to to reveal all this to you through his spirit. When Jesus comes to the earth, he is both God in human form, filled with the spirit, and he is human. And so we know he's both fully God and fully man. Hebrews 1.3, which is later on in the New Testament here, it says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So the word of God, which at the very beginning of Genesis 1.1, we hear about the word of God speaks the word and the whole world comes into existence. And now we realize that Jesus was there and now he is on the scene in the world through the person of Jesus Christ. Okay, so this mystery can be a very big stumbling block to a lot of people who don't understand why was Jesus so different. And he was different because he wasn't just a human. He was also God. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 14, if you have a chance to read that, it says, How can we understand the wisdom of God, the deeper meaning of Scripture, through the Spirit's enlightenment? And so that's what I'm encouraging you to do, is to seek the Spirit's enlightenment. Also in Romans 10, 9 and Ephesians 1, 13, let me get to that part. What is necessary to receive the Holy Spirit if you believe that Jesus was the Son of God? sent on earth to die for your sin and proclaim that he is your savior, 
then you will receive the promised Holy Spirit. So that is one of the most important takeaways from today is that the Holy Spirit is present and available to you if you ask for it, if you seek and and then it, the promise of scripture is you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened ask and you'll receive and that is talking about asking and receiving the spirit of god all right so let's get down to luke 2 41 through 52 how did the religious leaders begin to respond to jesus as a boy well we see if you read that section that jesus was shows up in the temple as a young boy it was at one of their festivals. You know, every year they would head back to the main temple in Jerusalem. And it was one of these um, times, probably Jesus was about 12 years old, that he is in talking to the religious leaders and teachers. Uh, but he's not talking just like a smart kid. He's talking with an authority and an understanding of scripture that they marvel at. And even in this, they realize this is a very unique individual. All right, so Matthew 3, we see that it introduces John the Baptist, and we've talked a little bit about him, how Jesus shows up, and John and wants John to baptize him, and, and John is like, oh no, I can't baptize you. You are the Messiah. I should be, I'm not even worthy to hold your sandals. But Jesus says, no, it's to fulfill all um, the promise. And so, sure enough, Jesus is baptized, and we see the Holy Spirit come in the form of a dove. I think that's why a lot of people, when they believe in God, get baptized. And so you may have a lot of questions about baptism, but I think this is a great place to start, is understanding that Jesus needed to be baptized. He felt that he did, not because he didn't have the Spirit of God on him, but because it was important to show all the people that were there that he was filled with the Spirit and he was the Messiah. Okay, and the last part of today's lesson refers to um, when Jesus goes off into the wilderness and he uh, is praying and he's fasting and Satan shows up and decides to tempt him. And he is tempting him with ploys that are kind of a little bit silly, like turn these stones into bread because I know you're hungry or um, jump off the temple because I know God will protect you. He'll send his angels to lift you up. Or just bow down to me, Jesus, you know, bow down to the, you know, take my way. It's so much easier and I'll give you everything in the whole world. You know, Satan's such a liar and he is such a uh, entity of evil. And Jesus, of course, sees right through this, knows this and answers every time with scripture. He points out to Jesus or to Satan, uh, it is written, you're not to test the Lord your God. Uh, etc. So if you read Matthew 4, 1 through 11, and Luke 4, 1, 1 through 13, you see the encounter that's going on basically between good and evil. And through this, we see that Jesus remains powerful because of his, obviously the Spirit of God is in him, but also because he knows scripture. Now remember, he wasn't just sitting around working in his dad's workshop all those years when he was a young man until he became you know, was 30 years old. He was one who truly studied the scripture. And I think one of the takeaways we can um, gain from that is we need to be studying scripture too. Scripture is what gives us the power to defeat the enemy, to defeat doubt, to defeat temptation. 
um, we know that Satan is referred to as the father of lies, the evil one. We don't hear a lot about him in the Bible, but what we do hear is never good. And your own experience may be to avoid evil and, and at all costs because you've seen it or you've, ex you've um, been close enough to see the effects of evil. And it is in many, many forms in our world. Our response should be to stay close to God and resist the devil. And the resisting of the devil comes in the form of prayer, sometimes fasting, and scripture, getting scripture into your life. All right, lastly, let's look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. And I'm going to read that passage. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stance against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then, with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness, with your feet fitted with uh, the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Basically, uh, Paul, who is writing this letter to the Ephesians, is warning them that you have to be prepared to face the evil. So today we've talked about Jesus' birth, the Holy Spirit, and how it came to play in who Jesus was and in revealing his um, who he was to everyone around him. And in accepting the Holy Spirit in our own lives so that we can understand the scripture more fully. Okay, for our next section, uh, I want you to spend some time reading the uh, assigned passages. They are Matthew 8, 18 through 20, Matthew 9, 9 through 13, and Matthew 11, 1 through 15. In the book of Mark, you'll start with chapter 2, verse 13 through 17, then chapter 3, 13 through 19, and then chapter 6, 14 through 29. In the book of Luke, you will be reading chapter 5, 6, 7, 9, 14, 18, and then John, the, all of the first book of John, first chapter of John. So I know it seems like a lot of reading and a lot of skipping around, but as I mentioned in the beginning, the stories overlap. So it's important for you to be able to get the sense from this book, this book, this book, this book, to get the complete picture. And then we will be talking about following Jesus. What does it mean to follow Jesus? As, as today was talking about what does it mean, what is the Spirit of God, and what does it mean to have the Spirit of God living within you? And then next week we'll talk about what does it mean to become a disciple of, of Jesus. All right, thank you so much for sticking with Basic Bible 102. I know it's a level a little bit more difficult than just fact, but in order to understand spiritual truth, it means being able to gather from different sources, pull it together, and hear what God is saying to you personally. So I hope you'll spend some time personally meditating and thinking over these things and praying about them, and then doing the homework, because homework really does get you into the scripture. If you have questions, please email me. You can email me at margie, M-A-R-G-I-E, at basicbible101.com or basicbible102.com. Both of them come to me. 
There's always more resources on the website. And if you have not yet downloaded the homework, be sure and do that for the next uh, lesson. And then after that, you will need to have purchased the workbook. Um, the answers will usually be online for most of it, but best to just listen to the podcast. If you are interested in leading a group through Basic Bible 102, which I would highly encourage because I think it always helps to work on this in a group setting, then um, there's a leader's guide as well that's available. And as mentioned previously, you can find that on lulu.com, which I think right now might be running a special. But if they're not, let me know and I will see if I can't uh, dig up some of their coupons. All right. Have a great week and be blessed. Mm -hmm.